Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have on the line with me Tina Francone. She is a former director for RTD and a former county commissioner, Jefferson County. Welcome, Tina Francone. Well, good morning, Kim. It's great to be back with you again. Well, and uh, we ended up having a a text message conversation uh, a a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Senate Bill 181, which is this um, legislation which basically is going to kick oil and gas company, oil and gas development out of Colorado. And petroleum products make our lives better. I don't think that people realize that it's not just, you know, the fuel that you put in your car or the... uh, energy that turns on your lights and your heat but there are so many things of everyday life your you know your your cell phone and your computer and uh, the clips on your backpack all kinds of things come from petroleum products and um, the idea that senate bill 181 it's working its way through the legislature uh, it's astounding that we would actually you know do legislation that is going to really demonize a, an industry that does a lot of good things for Colorado. And so what really kind of hits your hot button, and you know a lot about that, and I think everyday hardworking people don't understand it because it sounds so complicated, but is like the Air Quality Control Commission. And uh, since you're a former director for RTD and a former county commissioner, you understand this. Well, you know, Kim, it really, you, you want to talk about issues and you know, how complicated it is for the regular person to to understand these. It's really not that complicated because after our little text conversation, um, I pulled up uh, an article um, that was in the Denver Post uh, last Friday, the 22nd, um, where Governor Polis was um, suggesting that uh, really – the reasoning for for our bad air quality here in Denver, in the Denver metropolitan area, was basically due to uh, our oil and gas industry um, and and their indifference um, to what they were doing. And so, so doing a little bit of research and going back and looking. You know, these are things that I knew of and I kept an eye on as an RTD director and as Jefferson County Commissioner. Uh, transportation, of course, is, is very near and dear to mm-hmm. my heart. Um, but back in January of this year, uh, Governor Polis uh, authored an executive order and recent, really, you know, creating an air quality council and really mandating that Denver have, um, you know, a certain percentage of electrification of their vehicles by the year 2050. Um, there was a 2017 study that was done by a national consulting firm um, that looked at what the possible savings to Colorado could be by you, by this transition away from, you know, fuel generating cars to electrification of our vehicles. And really the important part about that is that in that executive order, uh, Governor Polis said that transportation is a major, transportation is the major contributor to air pollution. And it, it contributes to the continuing violations of health, the health-based federal pollution standards. Um, but he kind of backtracked on that, went in this article on Friday and said instead 
that it was the oil and gas industries that were the major contributors to the pollution in in our Denver area. Um, so, in, in I think it would be silly, and common sense tells you that there's no one uh, contributor that, that, you know, escalates our, our air quality like that. It's a combination of everything. But the interesting thing about, um, about if you look at our air quality in the Denver area, um, really the main contributor and the reason that, that the Denver metropolitan area is violating those federal standards is because of and I'll just say stuff that blows in that's not located in Denver um, you know fires in Utah uh, they think coal burning facilities manufacturers in China this air all blows in and contributes to our air quality here and I know that sounds crazy how could that happen but you know people way above my pay grade go out and measure this stuff and it's really you know and it really annoys me that the, our oil and gas industry here in Colorado has been really villainized and demonized for a lot of different reasons and you know as county commissioner I led the charge to oppose proposition 112 and by a unanimous vote all three county commissioners, our Democrat included, um, you know, voted to oppose Proposition 112 and protect those jobs that come to our our county and to our state. A lot of people don't understand that um, the oil and gas industry has been a huge contributor to um, the development of alternative fuels, wind, solar, biofuel, and so... It just made me mad to read that article, to to watch our oil and gas industry, be, you know, take the hit over and over and over again, and um, and thank you for you know always be on being on the cutting edge of providing information to people and getting that information out there so they know. Well, and a couple of things. Uh, first of all, there is this. Uh well, I care deeply about the environment. I, I, we all live and work together, and we have a responsibility to be good stewards of our environment. And the air in Denver is much better than um, years ago when I first moved here. I remember the brown cloud. We seldom have a brown cloud. Every once in a while it might happen. But the premise that we have bad air here, I almost I want to go back to basic and almost push back on that because we have made great strides in, uh, in cleaning up our air from the, the 70s. And then also, what is the, you know, I think we have to ask when we're saying, you know, wh- what is the, the standard? What is the, the day? You know, what is the, that air quality that, that we say is the, the perfect one that we're trying to get back to? And uh, I think that that's a, a moving target as well. And I think that People have to realize over the years, I mean, just think about it in Colorado when we had the great buffalo herds that migrated, you know, from uh, North Dakota down to, to Texas, you know, and of course that was through Kansas that way. But 
but they kicked up a whole bunch of dust. Or there used to be forest fires years ago as well. That contributed to the air. And so the point is, is you know, where do they measure the air here in Colorado? Uh, you know, who is doing that? Sometimes I think that there are people with agendas that are, are on some of these commissions. And then to, as you mentioned, when California was having the, all of those fires, I mean, you could almost smell it here in the air in, in Colorado. Right. So why should we be dinged? Uh, for being in quote-unquote violation when it really isn't our doing. Well, and that's the key here, Kim, is that um, the federal government and the Air Quality you know, Commission has realized that there are things that are wholly outside of our control here in Denver in, or in Colorado even um, because you can't, I mean, what, you can't build a wall and <laughs> stop, you know, put a dome or something over, over Colorado to say, oh, you bad air, stay out. Um, you can't do that. But technically, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but um, in 2008, the federal government, the EPA, um, set forth a health standard um, of 70 parts per billion um, in 2015. That, that is the standard. And so um, late, of late, um, there were air samplings done in four areas at, at the NREL in Golden, Chatfield State Park, and uh, Fort Collins, and over near Rocky Flats. So from those four areas, air quality samples were being taken and found to be in excess of that 70 parts per billion PPB federal limit. Um, and, and of course, you know, oil and gas was, you know, claimed as a, as the villain in this whole thing. But, but really there is an exemption. There's a federal exemption, um, for those types of things for air that comes from a, a geographic exception, if you will, for your location to say, you know, well, we realize where you're situated, Denver, right up against the foothills where everything kind of just blows and settles, um, you're going to necessarily have a higher reading. And truly, if we took every single car off the road, if we stopped every piece of manufacturing in the Denver metropolitan area, we would still exceed those readings or be pretty close to that. So the federal government, in its wisdom, has has provided an exemption for that and to say we recognize your geographic location makes it virtually impossible for you to comply with these standards. So we're going to allow you an exemption. But what Governor Polis said was, no, I want you, Air Quality Control Board, to say, no, we don't need that exemption. We're going to push the envelope. We're going to make sure. We're just, we're just going to say, we don't need the exemption. We're going to shut everything down, and we're going to comply. Because um, as one of our um, former Boulder um, commissioners um, suggested that it's, uh, you know, why should our children be breathing bad air? at the expense of our oil and gas. Well, and so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, that premise, bad air, when in essence we have done so many things to clean it up and cars uh, are run much cleaner than they did, you know, many years ago. I mean, there's, you know, few emissions that come out from that. And then, and then electricity, though, 
you know, there are rare earth minerals that have to be mined in third world countries for uh, you know, our solar panels and for those wind turbines. And, and so nothing is perfect. I think that's where I'm headed is nothing is perfect. And they will not accept that, um, that oil and gas has be- is become cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. But it, it enables everyday people to thrive and to flourish and to pursue their economic well-being. And that seems to me to be one of the things that's on the table there, Tina. Yeah, and no question. It's, you know, you see it um, in in the, the legislation that's going through the Statehouse right now with respect to oil and gas. It's an all-or-nothing proposition. It's not um, a compromise. It's not um, a recognition of the huge contribution that the oil and gas industry has made to this state and to the people of the state of Colorado. It's, uh, you're bad, we're taking you out. And so, and we want an immediate replacement of this. Okay, and and it, it's an all or nothing. It's a black or white solution. So, for those legislators down at the at the state house, shame on you for standing up say, and saying, you know, we want a bipartisan approach. No, you don't. You want to eliminate. Uh, a major contributor and a major industry in the state of Colorado, um, you know, for your own political partisan uh, purposes. Well, you know what, and Tina? That's just not right. It's not right. Let's go to break and continue this conversation. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks talking with Tina Francone, former RTD director and former county commissioner in Jefferson County. She knows a few things about all of this uh, politics out there. So we will be right back. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, pleased to be having a conversation with Tina Francone. She's a former RTD director as well as a former county commissioner in Jefferson County. And we're talking about air quality, air quality control commission. Uh, Tina, it's just great to have you on the line. Well, thanks so much, Kim. You know, it's always a pleasure to be um, be interacting with somebody who's so knowledgeable and um, and really gets that message out. Well, thank you, Tina. And both you and I, being uh, elected officials at the local level, uh, you know, it's interesting to see all of these different commissions and things. And they they're actually can become very powerful. And uh, actually, when I hear the word commission or council, like um, Air Quality Commission or, or like the National Popular Vote, a compact, these are different things that they're not really elected officials that are representing us, which is a bit antithetical to the American idea. Well, you know, and and in particular, this air quality um, commission was, um, you know, the brainchild of Governor Polis, and it was um, the creation of that commission was was outlined in his executive order back in January of this year, um, where you know he got you know he appointed um, people to these to these various positions, and again, the key word being appointed, not elected. 
Most definitely. And we have moved to uh, away from representative government in America. I think I think everyday hardworking Coloradoans, everyday hardworking Americans think that we have representative government. But we've actually moved in many ways to an administrative state where you have these unelected bureaucrats that have been appointed uh, that are making so many decisions. So in this case, with the Air Quality Control Commission, uh, you said, I think in the last segment, that there were four spots where they take these readings in the metro area. And they don't take into account the fact that, you know, we are right up against the mountains. And so that that can be a, a kind of an outlier in a way as you're taking these readings. And they're only taking four readings here in Colorado. And then we have air that's coming from California. I remember when they were having all those fires. You know, we, we couldn't, we could almost see it here. And then, you know, air moves across the earth. And so we have over in China, people are wanting to have upward mobility. They're wanting to be able to get off their bicycles and to ride around in cars. They want to be able to, to, to flourish, and they're seeing that you know, coal-fired burning, uh, coal, you know, coal plants are allowing them to do that. But they are just spewing pollution up into the air because they don't have these clean coal plants like we do here. So some of that air is coming over here, and we're, we're possibly going to get dinged for that. Well, and that's true. And, uh, you know, the federal government has realized that this is an issue that you can't control how you know unless you build a dome or a wall um, and we all know how people feel about the wall um, you know you can't isolate yourself and you can't say well you know your bad air can't come over into you know cross the state line because you know because obviously the air knows where the border is but you know so the federal government has created an exemption um, for uh, geographic areas that recognize that you can't control that you know how the air comes into your state and where it's measured. Um, but the the problem with this air quality control commission is that they unanimously voted without a hearing uh, that they without a hearing this exemption without a hearing no hearing. Um, they just said nope. We're just going to take a vote. We're not going to listen to anybody else. We're not going to take testimony from anybody else. We're just going to do it. And so they decided. At, at Governor Polis's, um suggestion to not seek um, that federal exemption uh, for the state of Colorado. And so while there's a recognition on the federal level, um, they're not, our local guys are not understanding that issue and and not realizing that um you know control of the air is not within not within our um or the movement of air is not within our um but the, you know our ability but so but what they're then going to use is this standard this to regulate uh an industry the oil and gas industry which provides a product that allows everyday hardworking Coloradoans to be able to to move about and to you know pick up their kids at, at soccer practice and to you know have their their truck that they can use to create a business and they're going to use this air quality control commission which you mentioned was appointed by Governor Polis. So he appoints the guys to reaffirm his executive order, and they don't even have a hearing on that. I mean, it seems like they're doing an end run around we the people on this whole thing. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, you can see that it's it's very clear. And, and you know, the the um, really the irony in this whole thing is that in this executive order that created these standards, these very stringent air quality standards for the state of Colorado, and created this commission. Um, you know, in that order, um, Governor Polis says that transportation is a major contributor to air pollution. And this is, uh, you know, this is what's contributing to the ongoing violations of the health-based federal policies that he wants, you know, us to hold to. Um, but because oil and gas is, I think, in the limelight right now, he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth because now he says... It's the oil and gas industry that are the major contributors to air pollution. So, I mean, who doesn't think that's a timely idea? Um, They use all kinds of different boogeymen. Uh, So they have this quote, this problem. And, And first of all, the air is much better in Colorado than when I moved here many, many years ago. And so people want to have clean air. And instead of looking to government, they say, okay, we want to have clean air. Many people say they look to government to do that. And then government uses that as an excuse to start to regulate people's lives. We have this, if we're truthful about it, we have this common goal um, regarding we want to make sure everybody has good air to breathe. And when I say we want to be truthful about that is I'm really talking about these other folks that are using that. Then they say we want to have clean air to breathe, but then they use that to try to put forward regulations that will control people's lives. And that is, it's insidious what is happening in that realm, I think. Well, you know, Kim, and, you know, we've had conversations about this, but really I think it's it's a um, fundamental um, understanding of where your power comes from. Um, these folks that would seek to control our air, our education, our bodies, our rights, um, really think that government is the big hammer that's going to control us. While, you know, as a conservative, Republican, Christian woman, I understand that my power comes from God. And so it's not that I don't, and and many people don't see um, that, you know, really my goal is a cleaner, healthier planet, and and it's the same goal as you know, our liberal friends, but how you get there is a different path. Our liberal friends would say government needs to be the one in control of that. And I say, no, God is in control of that. And I'm in control of that because God puts that responsibility on me to be a good steward of the planet that he's given. And so we get to the same end. We get to the same goal. It's just a different path. And if we can sit down and we can have those conversations and highlight those conversations so that it's not a black and white conversation, it's a one thing or the other. We can have oil and gas or not. You know, that's it's got to be um, an understanding of where other people are coming from and understanding truly that we want the same thing. Well, uh, we we want the same stated thing because many of these folks, you said something, how we get there, which triggered something with me. Uh, oh, you triggered me, Tina. You triggered me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. And, and that is, is how we get there 
you know, as local officials, we have been in many meetings with these 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 um, politicians and bureaucrats that are advocating, you know, getting rid of uh, basically private vehicles, getting rid of uh, oil and gas development. And but when we talk about how we get there, most of them come and they get to those meetings in a car instead of riding a bike or many of the other transportation um, 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 you know, um, opportunities that are out there. They, they come in their car instead of taking the bus, the train, or the bike. Absolutely. And, you know, and that is, uh, you know, highlights, A, <laughs> the, um, their inability to understand what their job is as an elected official, as an elected representative of the people. They're talking about what's good for other people and not for you. Because, you know, look, I mean, the truth of it is, as an elected official, um, you go to serve for a period of time. This is not your career. You go to serve for, you know, a defined period of time, and then you go back to being a citizen, right? So... Uh, you know, so they should be more mindful of what they're saying because, you know, in the end, this applies to them as well. Um, so the hypocrisy of saying, you know, well, we're going to create something for the people, those people, uh, is rampant right now. It's, you know, again, it's it's a failure to understand that we can we can work together to achieve um, a stated goal. But that's hard work, and it takes somebody to sit down and roll up their sleeves to say, I'm going to listen to what you have to say and stop you when you're treading on my, my constitution and you're, you're treading on my constitutional principles. But we can have, we can work out a solution to most of these problems if we sat down and we realized it's not black and white. And so that's why your show and your tapas and topic um, events have been so helpful to so many people because you know, you highlight the idea that I don't need to sell my conservative Republican principles down the road in order to get the job done. I just need to articulate it. That's for sure. So we need to be having these conversations. Tina Francone, thank you so much for this conversation. <laughs> 